Personona. 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 I'm Kenzie. And I'm Kaylee. And this is The Hater Era, the podcast where I talk about the top most hated bands in the world and why they're hated. This week we are diving into the world of Limp Biscuit. Kaylee, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh my god, of course. I'm 18. I'm in business accounting at Algonquin. I like long walks on the beach. I'm not a diehard fan of Limp Biscuit, but I can appreciate some of their music. I am Switzerland. If you listen to the first couple episodes, you know how I run things. If not, here's the drill. I start off with a history lesson, then we explain why the band of the episode is hated. Then we have a benefit of the doubt segment where I talk about our favorite songs by this band. Usually, I'm the one trying to figure out why the bands on this list are hated. Today, I'm trying to figure out why people love this band. My little sister Kaylee is here to help me out with that. That's right. Today, we're looking deep into the highs and lows and everything in between that made Limp Biscuit, the cultural phenomenon they were, exploring the journey that led them to become the poster child for the alternative music scene. Not wasting any more time, let's get right into it. This band is probably morally the worst that I'll talk about on this podcast. Formed in Jacksonville, Florida in 1994, the band comprised of Fred Durst on vocals, Wes Borland on guitar, Sam Rivers on bass, John Otto on drums, and DJ Lethal on turntables. The band has mentioned that they didn't take themselves seriously at all while naming the band, and it shows. Limp Biscuit was the winner upon these absolute masterpieces of potential names. Gimp Disco, Blood Fart, Bitch Piglet, and my personal favorite, Split Dickslet. The name they settled on is a reference to a game called Soggy Biscuit. I will not explain this game because it's fucking revolting. And if you don't know what it is, I suggest you stop listening here. Don't look it up either. Your mind will forever be corrupted. Their debut album, $3 Bill Yells, was released in 1997, and they gained their success with their second album, Significant Other, in 1999. Wes Borland left the band in 2001, claiming he and the band had creative differences. However, the band continued to put out music and release their albums. Results may vary in 2003 and The Unquestionable Truth in 2005, which coincidentally are the years me and Kaylee were born. There's no part two to that album, I checked. The band then took a hiatus from 2004 to 2011. They're back together now with all the OG members and put out two albums in the last 10 years. Here's some more info that genuinely shocked me while doing my research this episode. Eminem and Fred Durst were friends at one point, but that's not the surprising part. They stopped being friends because DJ Lethal said that one of his former bandmates in House of Pain could beat Eminem in a fight. Eminem then dragged them in his songs without me, saying in the song, worse than those little Limp Biscuit bastards, and D12's song, Girls, literally using Fred and DJ Lethal's names in the song. The song Nookie is allegedly about Britney Spears, who then allegedly had a fling with Fred Durst in 2003. Lastly, they've had two number one albums in the US, but no top 40 hits. What the fuck? No, First listen. First of all. No, listen, listen. I don't know how they passed up Bitch Piglet? <laughs> Bitch Piglet is god tier. No, so the way, good. imagine, imagine they're like, and now in your new scene, Bitch Piglet. 
the turn and I'm not. There's like a mosh pit. Pitch piglet. So fucking dumb. That blood fart. Why would you name a band blood fart? Why was that even anywhere close oh. to being in the contenders? You know what? It's the same as Motley Crue with the Xmas shit. Oh my god. Not <laughs> Xmas. Hi, we're Xmas. Like, so dumb. <laughs> so stupid. is the second most hated band in the world, just below Nickelback. Most of their haters like to float around four topics. New Metal, Fred Durst Persona, Commercial Success, and Woodstock 99. New Metal has always been a hot or cold topic. Some people love it, some people hate it. The genre integrates a few subgenres, which are metal, hip-hop, and alternative rock. Limp Bizkit is considered the poster child for new metal music. Other bands in the genre include Korn, Linkin Park, and Slipknot. Fred Durst's public persona is considered controversial and off-putting, which contributed to hate on the band as a whole. The singer has applied for Russian citizenship and wrote a letter to Vladimir Putin. The letter contains a lot of ass-kissing, saying Putin is a great guy with clear moral principles and a nice person. Fred Durst was banned from entering Russia for five years and the selling of their music became illegal. He also started a podcast named Transparency that only had one episode wherein Fred talks about how he was invited to a party with Brad Pitt and Jennifer Eniston. He discusses how he ended up putting both of them in a headlock and completely embarrassing himself. Lastly, Woodstock 99. If you don't know what Woodstock 99 is, it was a festival with a killer lineup that ran for three days. During this time, there were some gruesome things that happened at that festival, such as destruction of property, unsafe drinking water, nowhere to hide from the sun, people on drugs and alcohol, and unfortunately, many injuries, deaths, and rape. The chaos started on night one after Limp Bizkit and Korn played their shows. A lot of people blame Limp Bizkit for riling up the crowd and ensuing a riot mentality across the crowd. Limp Bizkit said, we never said, please fight each other, burn everything, and rape. We didn't even allude to it. We did our thing. I did get a DM from one of my followers on Instagram on the Hater Era account. Becky Maskell, after I posted my poll for this recording session, she had responded with Limp Biscuit are elite period. People are just mad at Limp Biscuit for Woodstock when it's not anyone's fault but the creators of it. It's even admitted that they had no idea what new metal was on the documentary. They were unprepared. Woodstock was crazy though. Woodstock was what? Have you seen the freaking lineup for Woodstock? I think it was a very cool concept because I think they were trying to make it more of like Woodstock 70 something. What was the first one? Oh yeah, Woodstock. I think it was 69. 69? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a very cool concept and they were trying to make it like the last Woodstock, but obviously with the lineup that they had, no. You really are trying to compare Limp Bizkit to the 70s, Brie? The 60s music was all about peace and love. That's literally their slogan, peace and love. I'm just saying, like, in their mind, they're like, oh, yeah, Woodstock, peace and love, because that was the original thing. And they're like, mm, mm-hmm, bitch piglet and corn. This is the line, <laughs> This right here. This is what we need. <laughs> you really brought 
brought out corn, chili peppers, bush. Oh you brought God. out Kid Lube Rock. Biscuit. Kid, Kid Rock. Rock. Oh my God. <laughs> Y'all, I don't know if you've seen the documentary, but this man comes out in a pimp fur suit. In like 40 degree heat. It's crazy. It was wild. So do you think that Limp Biscuit had any play in the mob mentality at Woodstock 99? Honestly, a little. But like, I feel like the majority is going to be based off of the event runners because they were charging a stupid amount of water and food. And they, and the event runners, they took outside food before they like entered the event. So like people had to buy food. There was no yeah, other way. Yeah, there was, yeah. And the trash was piling up and they had nowhere to go. It was like eight to $20 for water or something like that. And like $8 for a burrito. I mean, that's not crazy now, but, but like, like back then. In 90s money, that's Like that's, that's wild. Nice. How I think like Limp Bizkit's like a little to blame. Yeah, that's their music. They're very angsty. They're very... <gasps> I think because of how the teens or the early 20s people were there, because that was the age group that they were trying to achieve, they were getting pissed because there was no clean water. And I think Limp Biscuit, Freddy Boy, he just kind of like urged them unintentionally because that's literally just his music. What's your opinion of their music and why do you like it? You know what, girl? It's a love and hate relationship for me. There's some music that I like. My Generation is a really good song, in my opinion. But like, I find some other music cringy. I know they're very much angry. I know they're very much angry music. But girl, <laughs> the way, the, the way some of their music got me cringing to my core. Some of them got me, some of them got me secondhand embarrassing. No, listen, because the way I'd be caught dead if someone heard me listening to <laughs> their rendition or their fucking copy of Faith by fucking George Michael, that man is a Christian man. <laughs> they took it, they ran it. DJ Lethal, they was spinning his spins. He was, he was absolutely, he was just so shredding. No, for real. No way, it has me cringing to my core. You sound like you're gonna have a mental breakdown I over there. <laughs> Imagine, it's not even that one, it's Nookie too. I don't fuck with Nookie. I don't fuck with Nookie. You literally fuck with Nookie. What are you talking about? I don't fuck with Nookie. I literally only fuck with like the first bit of Faith. Nookie. I only fuck with Faith. No, that's, that's not true. That's not true. Because literally the other day, Miss Boothang over here, Miss Boothang over here was like, yeah, I like Nookie. What's your, what's your opinion, bro? I don't. I don't like Limp Bizkit. You don't have to like Limp Bizkit. I'm not offended. Do you connect more with the rap side of their music or the metal side of their music? I connect more with the metal side. Growing up, we listened to that dad divorce rock. Hell yeah. That was amazing. So that shit's like Creed, Nickelback, fucking Shinedown, Three Doors Down, Seether, like etc. Like that type of shit. I know they are not metal bands, but they're kind of like the gateway drug. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like easier for me to connect more with the metal than the rap because I never listened to rap growing up and I never do listen to rap now. Usually I take care of benefit of the doubt, but today I will be handing my torch to the most slay bitch up in this his house. It's time for benefit of the doubt where I give you my favorite songs by the featured band of the episode. Roland Air Raid Vehicle was released in 2000 on their album Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavored Water. I love this song. He starts the song with partner, keep on rolling, Lord, how dear. So the thing is about their music, right? 
I like the instrumental. And sometimes I like the lyrics. For me, it's more for the, the instrumental. The way it gets me moving and grooving. Because they like start off with the little country accents and then it goes into I don't know the lyrics yet. It's actually so much fun. This one is more of like a silly goofy one. Hot Dog was released on Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavored Water in 2000. Y'all, this is just a goofy song. This song makes me think back to when Wes Borland was like, yeah, we love having creative differences. He literally said that they were all sellouts. You think they made Hot Dog for the lyrics? Bitch, literally a lyric is, if I say fuck, Two more times, that's 46 fucks in this fucked up rhyme. I mean, it's a nice song to walk to. <laughs> like, it's, it's a, it's a it's, lovely little, little It's ditty. just not lyrical. No one can, like, say, oh, yeah, I really resonate with hot dog. I really, it's it's, a, I want a hot dog real bad. Bitch, what were you on their $3 bill y'alls album. I like the beginning. I like when it's like, I guess it would be nice if I could touch your body. Like, I like that part. I like the beginning. DJ Lethal was turning his shit up on this song though. Oh, he was tearing up the turntable. I can only think of him like as a DJ squirrel. I, I do like this song. I like it when people turn older music into something newer. Quote unquote rock. Quote yes. unquote like, yes. like that type of When somebody makes a crazy kind of rock cover to put in one of those coming of age movies. Oh, anyway, that's it for benefit of the doubt. Thanks for giving the episode a listen. If you enjoyed it, consider giving the podcast a follow or visiting Mackenzie's website. I also have an Instagram account where I post polls before every recording session. It's just called the Hater Era with no spaces or punctuation. Voting on these polls is extremely important because it helps me direct my focus in the podcast. I also set up a TikTok with the same name, the Hater Era with no spaces or punctuation. Kaylee still hasn't followed me back on it. <gasps> Don't expose me like that. <laughs> Hold on. This week's poll result, 20% voted for Fred Durst's public persona, 20% voted for commercial success, and 60% voted for Woodstock 99. Also, DMing me, your opinions is encouraged. Next episode, we will talk about Nickelback, and I will be returning to help Mackenzie out. Woo! Woo! -woo! Double feature! Double feature! Thanks so much! Bye! Bye!